college basketball tournaments are back, and so are brackets. Get comfy on your couch, turn off that Zoom camera, and sign up for your men's and women's USA Today sports bracket. Register at brackets.usatoday.com. Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. This is the Broncos Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Broncos Wire editor, John Heath. Well, John, we're recording about an hour or so after the NFL franchise tag deadline. Not every team used their tag, but a few teams did, and a lot of them did it in the 11th hour. We saw the Giants tagging Leonard Williams, the Bears tag Allen Robinson, the Bucks tagged Chris Godwin. There was a bunch of them across the league. Well, we learned like over the weekend, or maybe even before the weekend, you were just telling me off the air, that Justin Simmons was getting the franchise tag from the Broncos. So they didn't waste any time. I think they're the first team to do it, John. Justin Simmons, I think one of the top free safeties on the market, along with Marcus Williams at the Saints and probably Anthony Harris uh, over in Minnesota. I think those are the three. But I think you can make a case that Justin Simmons, one of the best free safeties on the market. The Broncos go ahead and lock him up. What do you think about that move, franchise tagging Justin Simmons? And like I said, the Broncos were excited to let us know, right? They, they were like the first team to do it, the first team to announce it. Yeah, it was really nice that they were proactive and got out there and got it done. We didn't have to have a wondering leading up to the podcast oh are they going to have it done before we jump on the pod but yeah I think it shows that they're like we're not losing Justin Simmons whether we get him a long-term deal or not at least in 2021 we're not letting him go anywhere else we're not getting in a bidding war with anyone else for him and as soon as they placed the tag on him George Payton released a a press or, or just like a quote through the team and he said it was a procedural move and that their goal is to get him locked up long term with the multi year contract. And I was like, well, I, I do believe him, but I was like, last year, the Broncos franchise tagged Justin Simmons too. And literally, as soon as they did it, John Elway released a statement and he said it was a placeholder move <laughs> so they could work, continue working on getting a deal with him. And like they did try, but they couldn't get it done before the July 15 deadline. And he ended up playing the whole year on the tag. And so this year, it's going to be so interesting to see. It's, it's, is Peyton going to be more of a please the player and splash some more money and keep your guy in? Or is he going to take – like L.A. Elway was never accused of being a big splasher, especially with their own guys. Like he was kind of a stingy guy. And like for, it, you're playing a salary cap league, so like it makes sense. But like you also lose people like Chris Harris and Derek Wolf doing that kind of stuff. And who knows if L.A. was the GM this offseason. I don't know what I would think about the possibility of Justin Simmons getting a long term deal or not. I I I have no reason to not believe Peyton when he says they want to get a deal done. So I think that they really will work on it. But with him saying that quote, it was like such along the lines, it brought back memories. I was like, wow, they said the same thing last year and they didn't get it done. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I really think that they can't be that far apart because his tag is something like $13.72 million and the highest paid safety in the NFL, his average salary is like $14.75 million. So it's like around a million difference per year average. So I feel like they are going to be able to make up a million dollars on like a four or five year, four or five year contract. And I think they're going to be able to get something done. I, the, both sides say they want to get something done. Simmons says he wants to stay in Denver. Peyton says they want to bring him back. So 
they're saying all the right things. They're being proactive for, if nothing else, he's in, he's in Denver for 2021. So that's good. Cause he's a really good safety and he's a really, really important part of your defense. And like, if they lost him suddenly becomes a massive need and you have to go splash, make a big signing or you, or use an early pick on a safety in the draft. And I really don't think they want to use an early pick because there's so many other players that I feel like are more important uh, as far as the draft, like they have other areas in the like cornerback. Like if you're at number nine and one of the top two cornerbacks are there, you want to be able to get one of them. You don't want to be like, well, because we don't have Justin Simmons, we got to draft a long-term safety. So yeah. I think it was smart to say we're we're doing this with the goal of keeping him for the long haul, and now we just got to wait and see if they get it done or not. Yeah, and if you're really going to go through with a long-term extension, I thought that was great analysis there and insight, John. If you if you're going to go through with a long-term extension. The franchise tag's a great tool for this position. Now, you you were talking about the money for this second accelerated franchise tag since they're tagging him back-to-back years is, is around $13, 14000000 million. Well, the tag for a safety right now, if it's like, you know, you're just tagging him for the first time, is $11.2 million. This isn't a premier position in terms of money, right? Safety is a is a good position to use the franchise tag if you have a guy like Simmons who you want to keep off the market and you think you can get a, a long-term extension done. So I just thought... Of all the teams making moves today and, and drop you know dropping the franchise tag, I thought the Broncos tagging Simmons it probably makes the most sense. And when you look at the position they're using the tag, I kind of like it. You know, so I'm I'm golf clap. I kind of like this move for the Broncos, John. Yep, yep. I think it's the right move. It's a it's a good placeholder. And and like I said, like they want to get it done. And Broncos fans hope they get it done, get like a long term deal. But even if they don't, they have them for at least this season. And then next season. They can go through it again. Like it, it would be a, a big price increase to tag him again next year, but they can go back to the negotiating table and negotiate with him next year again. So it, it's not like, even if they don't get a long-term deal done, it's still a good move in my mind. What about the other safety? Um, they have an opportunity to pick up an option on Kareem Jackson, right? Um, what are you thinking about Jackson and his future? Yeah, his option is like around $12 million and he is 33 years old. So he's getting up there. He's probably getting towards the end of his career. But for me, he was like a Pro Bowl alternate in 2019. And in 2020, I thought he played at a high level. And I thought that he's a very, very good complement to Justin Simmons. I feel like they're a really good safety duo. They may even, they're probably one of the better safety duos in the NFL. So to me, 12 million, I feel, I don't know how Peyton's going to feel like it. For for me personally, I feel like it's worth paying him that, bring him back. And then next year, when he's going to be uh, turning 34 in the offseason, then maybe then don't sign him or re-sign him when he's a free agent. But this year, I feel like he's worth that just because if you don't pick up his option, then he's released to free agency. And you're not you, like you're either going to have to pay a lot of money to get someone that's as good he is as he is right now. Or you have to go back to what I was saying before. You have to use a high pick on a safety. And I, I, I don't know why. I just feel like this isn't the time to use a high pick nope. on a safety. Like, don't I feel do like that. Nope, you, I agree. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. There are other options or other positions that I feel like are more pressing. So I yes. feel like bring Jackson back for 12 million or maybe they'll try to restructure with him. They might, but I feel like 12 millions is not even that bad for a good safety. And then you can draft a safety in like the fifth round or something like a couple years ago, they drafted Will Parks in the fifth round and he was like a rotational guy, special teams guy. And then uh, later on, he, he was like essentially a starter. So like uh, if you can do that this year, get someone kind of later in the draft, kind of grooming behind Jackson. And then next year when Jackson's, 
a year older, just let him walk then. And then hopefully that guy that you drafted this year or later can step up or maybe next year you draft someone. For me, I say bring back Jackson, maybe try to develop someone behind him. But I feel like 12 million isn't too much for a guy that's as, as good of a safety as he is. Well, speaking of George Payton and his presser, I think he was peppered with questions about Von Miller, right? And I think this is a big story in Denver as well. Von Miller's future. There was a criminal investigation. He's not going to face charges. Those were dropped. The GM says they want to bring him back, John. But there's a few layers to this. First of all, they're going to have to pick up Von Miller's option by March 16th. And then I'm hearing reports that they're probably going to try to rework that contract and restructure him uh, as well. So what do you think about the situation with Von Miller? And is he a lock to be back with the Broncos in 2021? Oh, no, he's he's certainly not a lock. I think they do. Again, like I believe Peyton when he says they want him back. But I think he wants him back, not for $22 million salary cap. Hit. Like if they if they pick up his uh, contract option for this option, his cap hit is more than $22 million. And J.J. Watt, he's just like Von Miller, he's 32 years old. And Watt last year, he played all 16 games. Last year, Miller was hurt for the whole season. Watt is a three-time defensive player of the year. Miller's a Super Bowl MVP. So like they're not the exact same position but I feel like career-wise, they're they're in pretty similar spots. And Watt hit free agency, and the Cardinals gave him uh, two years, and it averaged like around $14 million a year. So I feel like uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Peyton goes to Miller and he says, Vaughn, we want you back, but your salary cap hit is $22 million. J.J. Watt is a very comparable player. He's $14 million. We'll give you $15, $16 million. Uh, but we can't have you be. We can't have one person be a 22 million salary cap hit when you're 32 years old and you're coming off an injury. Like, uh, and I'm just like, I'm hypothetical. Like yep, 14, yep. 15, 16. I don't know what they're going to offer him, but I just assume they're going to say we want you back, but not at the number. So I assume that they're going to try to re. Uh, like what they could maybe do is give him an, a contract extension, like two or three years, completely rip up his old contract, give him a new one. And then with whatever, if it's like 14 million average, 15 million average, whatever it might be, significantly lower his salary cap this year and then have him for a couple more years after that. And then ideally, I think it would be really nice to see him finish his career in Denver because he's Von Miller. Like they drafted him with the second overall pick in the draft. He's their all time leading sack leader. He like literally won a Super Bowl for them. So like somebody like that, it'd be such a shame to see him go play like one season or like two or three seasons for like random teams at the end of his career. I, like when he's somebody has so much history like that, to me, it's just a bummer when they can't finish it out with their original team. So I hope and I think a lot of Broncos fans hope that he's finishes his career in Denver. But I think also even fans that really like Von Miller, they know that at this point in his career, they can't have him have that kind of a cap hit. And and Miller has said that he wants to stay in Denver. So if he truly does want to stay in Denver, I don't think he will think it's too unreasonable if they come to him and say, we'll give you 16 or 17 or whatever it may be. Because like I said, Watt is a comparable guy. And I think Watt kind of set the market of like, okay, 32-year-old, really accomplished defensive lineman, edge defender, and uh, it, that's what he got from Arizona. So I think Denver will make a similar offer to Miller, and we'll see if he accepts it. If if he uh, wants to bet on himself and is like, no, I'll get more in the open market, maybe they won't pick it up, and maybe he'll hit free agency. But they do want to get something done, so that's definitely a big one to watch. Yeah, and a player that good, that impactful, you want to get something for him as well, right? I would think an extension 
hearing you talk about it, John, it would make sense an extension that maybe ends or right around when these new TV deals come out and he can go go test the market then if he wants. That would seem to make sense if you can extend it for two or three years and as you said, rip up that contract. But with him walking, do you think it's more likely that they pick up the option and try to trade him? Is that also in play? That's certainly a possibility, but I feel like if you exercise an option that gives them a 22 million cap hit, who wants to pay for or That's trade for yep. a 32 year old coming off an injury with that big of a cap hit, especially when you just had the opportunity to sign JJ. Like, again, they're not the exact same position, but like a similar concept. Like if Watts was viewed and probably Watt, I think did have offers from other teams that were worth a little bit more, but I don't think it would have been way, way more. Cause then I feel like money did have some, say to him so i just feel like they're not likely to find a trade partner but that is it is certainly a possibility I'm just hoping teams are stupid and want von miller and, and go for <laughs> that thing right john i'm sure there's some stupid gms out there i want to put it past oh, some yeah. of these teams it's out there. too bad the texans don't have bill o'brien anymore <laughs> seriously oh my goodness deshaun watson would already be traded if they did <laughs> seriously yes yes he wouldn't be putting up with this crap bill o'brien so uh so sounds good stuff from you john and one thing that i saw you put out on broncos wire there's four main positions to watch for the broncos when when we actually get to free agency next week there was one position that was on your list that i was very proud of you we'll get to that coming up next your, your situation at quarterback um what's your evaluation of drew Locke? and um are, are you looking to bring in a veteran to challenge him to back up are you looking to upgrade what what is your uh, stance on at quarterback yeah i mean drew you know obviously did, did a deep dive with drew and and uh, obviously like i said in my press conference very talented you know was inconsistent at times has a lot to work on but you know i've spoken with drew i see him every day he's here early he's working um you know he, he really wants to be great and uh you know we're always going to try to bring in competition at every position and, and quarterback you know as well but uh i like the track that drew's on well, that was a little bit interesting there from george payton the gm and i saw that you picked up on it as well john because some of your content recently on broncos wire has been about will the broncos go out in free agency bring in a veteran quarterback to make Drew Locke compete and earn his spot, right? And this is if we don't get the dream scenario of them trading and acquiring Deshaun Watson. Uh, so your four main positions to watch, I'm sure you as an analyst would love to get into corner and linebacker and all that. Sorry, John, you know me. I'm obsessed with Drew Locke <laughs> in the quarterback position. And we can't help ourselves, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's, gonna, he's already said he wants to play. He's out there. Alex Smith was cut. These are a couple guys I think you've written about. Could the team go and target guys like that and give Drew Locke some competition? What would you think about that if they went that route? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think, like you mentioned, if they don't get a Deshaun Watson or if they don't get a Russell Wilson and it's looking like at least until training camp uh, that Drew Locke's going to be the guy in 2021, I know that I can tell you right now, Jeff Driscoll is not going to be his backup. Like. <laughs> We saw Driscoll last year, and that did not go well. Yeah, we so saw I, I, that. <laughs> I have a feeling Driscoll is probably going to be cut. And we talked about Brett Rippon last year. The Brett Rippon experience was kind of fun, but I kind of doubt that he would be the backup either. He might be, but I kind of doubt it. I feel like exactly like you mentioned, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Alex Smith, Andy Dalton, those kind of guys, I feel like they would target someone like that with the idea of they've been in the NFL a long time, they've won games, they know how to play, they know how to mentor. Like Fitzpatrick specifically, like he seems like he's such a good mentor. Like he he will accept his role and he'll help coach up your QB. 
and like if you're if say it's Drew Lock, say like if Drew Lock's not doing well enough and Fangio's like, all right, I want to win this game, put in Fitzpatrick, he can go win the game for you. Or if like Drew Locke gets dinged up and has an injury, uh, Fitzpatrick can play a couple games. Like he's a very competent quarterback. He's been there. He's done that. Like much more so than someone like a Brett Rippon. So I feel like uh, definitely if they don't make like a big splash and get like a, a Watson or someone like that, I definitely feel like they're going to be looking at veteran quarterbacks and not necessarily like I have a feeling they'll call it a competition. But if they truly think that Locke has a chance of being a decent quarterback, I think that they'll be pretty confident Locke would beat out, uh, say they sign one of these veterans. Uh, you still call it a competition and treat it like a competition because you want Locke to uh, have show some competitive juice and like a light a fire under him and be like, okay, I got to go win this job because they're putting pressure on me. And then maybe that's what he needs to like t- take a step forward. Like maybe being kind of unchallenged last year wasn't that good of a thing for him. Maybe it didn't motivate him enough. Maybe bringing in somebody like this would kind of motivate him and, and help help him take the next step. And it would kind of add like another quarterback coach to the room as well. So I think it would be a smart move and I wouldn't be surprised if they've done it all. And there, there have been kind of some rumblings that they've already talked to Fitzpatrick, which technically would be tampering. <laughs> so I don't know if that's going on or no, not, Tampering, but no. there've been Come some, on, John, that's not going on. <laughs> yeah, that, that never happens. And the Broncos are not one of the teams that do it. Uh, but anyway, so I definitely think uh, veteran quarterback is something they'll look at uh, when free agency opens. I mean, we talk about maybe the Broncos won't make a big splash. Well, I think that would be kind of a splash. If they went out and signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. That would be a splash. That would give us some good content, John, because that would be an immediate quarterback controversy because True. I don't know if Drew there Locke's better than Ryan. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could. I know the potential for Drew Locke of being the quarterback of the future is higher. But I don't know if he's a better quarterback right now than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that would be uh, oh. an interesting conversation to have. But I got to move I'm on. I am with oh, you there, but I cannot say that. it. Oh, my goodness. The people freak out so much. Like, uh, I mentioned that uh, to fans. Like, I was like, the thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick and even Alex Smith. Like, Alex Smith last year, he, he didn't look quite like himself coming back from the injury. But now I assume that he's fully healthy. I feel like he could get back to somewhat of his former self. Honestly, at this very moment, I think both of them are better than Drew Locke. And like you said, that doesn't mean they have a better long-term outlook, especially because Ryan Fitzpatrick is like 38 going on 39. But like at this very moment, I think they are better. But if if Locke is like close, and, and Locke is young too, so I feel like they'd still start Locke. But yeah, it definitely adds some quarterback controversy. And if Locke struggles at all, fans definitely are going to be calling for Fitzpatrick. So you're right. It would be a splash. It's just there's level to splashes. It, it wouldn't be a, a 26-year-old three-time Pro Bowler splash, but it would be a quarterback controversy splash. It would be some good content for us, John, is what it would be. Yeah. Instantly. It'd be so good. So yeah, I think quarterback was down your list, but I had to move it to number one uh, in terms of your four main positions to watch. And we could do the rest of them kind of together. I think, so you also mentioned corner, linebacker, and defensive line. And I think we all fall in love with the big names. Like the Bills did not use their franchise tag on Matt Milano. So he is now going to be testing free agency. Could we see the Broncos go after a guy like Matt Milano, try to go to the top of the market at that position? I don't know. There's probably a, a smarter move and maybe an under-the-radar move. You, I think you know one, one that you want to talk about for corner that's not named Patrick Peterson. That's maybe a, a less of a splash move. 
And then defensive line is another position that you had out there. And I think we're all trying to wait and see if the Broncos are going to go out and sign their own guy, Shelby Harris, right? So corner, linebacker, and defensive line, maybe Shelby Harris would be the big splash. And then maybe we're looking under the radar or in the draft, John, at those other positions. Yeah, with corner, I don't necessarily have a name in free agency, but I think I have more of like a prototype. Like Patrick Peterson, like you mentioned, he's the big name. Like I put him on the list. Kind of because he is a name, uh, but I really don't feel like – because they just did an aging cornerback last year with A.J. Boye, and he kind of had some injuries and stuff, so it's not completely fair to – and also Patrick Peterson is just a better corner than A.J. Boye. But, like, Patrick Peterson is 30 years old now. I feel like they just did the get a corner uh, nearing the end of his career, and I feel like they're not going to go down that road again. I think they're going to – draft or I think they're going to if they do sign I wouldn't be surprised if they sign a notable and use an early pick on cornerback I think they could use corner help that much but just as far as like a profile I think they're going to get a a young and up and coming corner if they sign one because uh, like a couple years ago uh, well not a man I cannot believe how long ago it was now we're already in 2021 but Champ Bailey when he was getting toward the end of his career they gave him a contract extension and like Everybody loves Champ Bailey in Denver, but they gave him a little bit too much and they made the contract a little bit too long. And like by the time 2013 rolled around, he had a little bit of injuries and he lost a step and he just was not Champ Bailey anymore. Like he was Champ Bailey, but he didn't play like Champ Bailey. And it was just super sad to watch. And that doesn't mean Patrick Peterson will have that steep of a decline, but I feel like corner is similar to running back in that you don't, once they get 30 and on the other side of 30, like you don't make a splash for a corner or running back at that point in their career. And like with Champ Bailey, I feel like they should have moved him to safety. Like I feel like he could have done like a Charles Woodson thing and had some success there but he just he lost his speed and again i don't know if peterson will lose his speed at like the exact same time or the same rate as bailey but i just feel like it's a similar situation where you don't you don't get an aging cornerback and especially not like you don't use a lot of money on an aging corner so if they sign a corner i think they're gonna definitely do someone younger and then we'll we'll talk about the draft more next month when we get into our draft pods. But there are two corners that uh, I think both could potentially be there at nine, and I think they're really good options. And then linebacker, you just mentioned the guy from Buffalo today. I think he would definitely be a good upgrade for him because like Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson, they're both fine, and they both could start, and they might still start again this year, but neither of them are great in coverage. And last year they tried to sign Mark Barron to be their coverage linebacker, and he got hurt, and then while he was hurt, he got hurt during rehab, and he ended up not playing for them at all. And really for years, they haven't had a cover linebacker. They don't have a guy that can cover running backs and tight ends. And like when you sit, when you play in a division with Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey and Hunter Henry, I don't know if the, uh, what the deal is with him and the Chargers. He may not be back. But like they need to be able to cover corners with a linebacker, and they just haven't been able to do that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they sign – a cover linebacker and then on the defensive line just like you mentioned Shelby Harris if they re-sign Shelby Harris I think they could get by without making another splash defensive line signing they can just draft some guys to uh, uh, add some depth to the defensive line groom them because Shelby Harris is like 29 uh, Mike Purcell is getting up in age Deshaun Williams is like 29 30 or Harris I actually think is 30 himself so, and, and they're all fine defensive linemen like they probably got a couple years 
uh, of good football left in them, but there's not depth behind them and there's not a lot of young depth behind them. So I think they're going to want to draft and develop defensive linemen if they re-sign Harris. If they don't re-sign Harris, they may make a little bit of a splash signing for a guy in his prime. But uh, yeah, so for me, I'm not sure what Peyton, how Peyton views the roster, but for me, definitely want to look at corner, definitely want to look at cover linebacker. If you don't get Harris, definitely defensive line. And even if Harris comes back, you could add depth. And then as we talked about right off the top, a uh, veteran cornerback or quarterback to kind of mentor and back up Locke and maybe even take up take over for Locke if need be. You know I want that, John. You know I want to pressure Locke. Let's go. We gotta keep Drew Locke on his toes. So that's some good stuff. If that doesn't get Broncos fans ready for a free agency, I don't know what will, John. So next week when we're talking, we're gonna be talking about moves, man. Get ready. We're gonna be right in the middle of that tampering thing when Adam Schefter and Ann Rappaport that thing was just invented for uh, those guys to break news before the uh, the official <laughs> signing period so you wait man we're gonna we're gonna be able to react to this thing and we'll be able to break it all down next week I'm ready for it it's gonna be fun yeah it is gonna be fun I'm looking forward to it. I think I think they're gonna be active in that they're gonna have their uh, hands in a lot of talks but honestly I wouldn't be surprised if they only make like three or four notable signings and then turn their attention to drafting and developing uh like Peyton said himself he was like you don't want to build your team through free agency and he even said you don't want to make like big splashes not big splashes but you don't want to go crazy in free agency kind of like what the Raiders have done the last few years like they've made a lot of big splash signings and look at what it's done for them like it hasn't panned out well at all so like if you have like one position like corner and you get someone that's a for sure thing, go do it. If someone's a for sure cover linebacker, go do it. And like you invest heavily in just two positions and then you bring back, say you bring back Justin Simmons, you bring back Shelby Harris, like then the defense is pretty set. And then in going into the draft, you can kind of draft best player available and just kind of draft guys to groom and develop and not have to feel like they have to step in right away and be a star because you filled your big hole in free agency. So it'll be interesting to see the strategy they take. I feel like they they are going to try to fill some holes, but I don't think fans should be expecting like eight big signings, something like that, even though they do have a lot of cap space. I just think uh, I, for me, a ballpark of three or four notable signings to watch for. Good stuff as always from John Heath right there. I'm Ryan O'Leary. We'll be back to break down all of these free agent moves the Broncos make next week. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.